0: Song. Once it's gone,
1: you'll never hear that frequency again. Enjoy it while it lasts. Hi, I'm Jeremy Brock. Um, welcome to uh, our fourth screenwriter's lecture in conjunction with Lucy Gard and the JJ Charitable Trust. Um, we are, as you can imagine, hugely honoured to have as our next speaker the four-time BAFTA-winning, two-time Oscar-winning writer and director Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, his films include It Mama Tambien, Children of Men, Gravity, and his latest masterpiece, Roma. I will be moderating a QA, and a followed, as always, by questions from the floor. Um, but before I do, I'd like to give a context to um, what Alfonso is going to talk to. Uh, He became the first Mexican to win the Best Director Award uh, both at the BAFTAs and at the Oscars. Two other Mexican filmmakers have since gone on to achieve the same. The Mexican new wave that swept across our screens in the late 90s and 2000s made the world acutely aware of the creative talent coming out of that country. The beautiful storytelling that has emerged from Mexico in the last 20 years is a testament to Alfonso's pioneering talent, And I'd like to welcome him on stage to talk about the cultural shift that allowed such a wealth of talent to emerge from one place. Ladies and gentlemen, Alfonso Cuaron.
0: Oh, I thought it was going to be a conversation. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a conversation, so. It's just, I'm so prepared to unprepared to to, <laughs> to to give any speech, but no, I'm very happy to be here. And uh, as I was, uh, uh, as we were talking before, uh, the the reason I'm so excited is that rarely screenplay is given a place in terms of the conversation of of, of, of filmmaking. Uh, there is so much much to go to, obviously, to actors and the director's process. And, and rarely, it's really explored the process of the screenwriter. Uh, I consider myself probably a screenwriter before I'm a filmmaker, uh, and that is that just as a matter of process, you know, uh, a, a, there's a whole, uh, is the process of the thought out of making your film. Uh, the, 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 I, even when I'm, a, I'm a, a director as well, and as a director I'm as free as strong is that thought-out process and that thought-out process is reflected in that screenplay. Uh, the, uh, a, I a believe that cinema is, is a language in its own form. Um, it's uh, it's a, in, in its own right. It's a language uh, that Requires a lot of different tools. Uh, The the different tools, uh, you know, you have sound, you have performance, and of course, one of for certain kind of films, the films that I do, the narrative films, uh, the the screenplay is kind of the fundamental tool. Uh, But those screenplays should be serving. It's it's very different to to write serving. a literary material meaning something that is going to be that the, the the purpose of that is to be read in a book as opposed to something in which the goal and the and the end of it is to be seen on the screen so i think as a screenwriters we need to recognize that film language how that 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 uh, this particular particular art in which narrative is constrained in time and that's something so, that I find it very beautiful, because uh, when you're reading a book, uh, uh, a piece of uh, a novel, uh, you get immersed, you get lost in those pages. Uh, but you're not bounded by time. And what I find is that the sense of time bounds us with the now. When we are experiencing a, a, a film, we are, in one hand, lost in that, um, in, in that universe, in that, in that experience, but by the same token, we are breathing that experience for as long as it lasts. You know, a book can last, you can read a book in, in, in two days or in, in, in four weeks. A film, you end up watching just the length of it. And I think that that's something that is so important in the process of screenwriting, is that sense of the experience that we're going to have in real time. And I mean, I prefer, frankly, I prefer to expand this into a conversation, and more importantly, to have the conversation with, uh, with you, if that's okay. Sit, down. Yeah, where should I sit? Come, let's sit here. I'm going to steal this. To steal the tea. Steal the tea. <laughs> yes. Great. And again, I'm sorry. I was so unprepared for that. No, Ooh, no, not at all. Wow, Not at just... at all. <laughs> I know. Wow. Co- cozy, huh? <laughs> yeah. They're cozy.
1: Cozy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, first of all, Alfonso, thank you so much. For taking the time out to to come and talk to us, um, you mentioned there the um, the the importance and the significance of time in film and in the filmed experience. Um, can I begin by taking us back a bit to the beginning of your career? Um, and I want to just um, begin by asking you: You studied philosophy, then you studied film in Mexico. What at that time, when you were young and unknown? Were your cinematic inspirations? What were you looking to? Who were you going to hear talking, or what, what films were talking to you at that time, and inspiring you?
0: Well, it depends on which period. So I, I was talking. Uh, I'm talking about when
1: you were a student at university studying. Oh, when I was studying. Yeah. yeah.
0: That that uh, yeah. The thing is, I was studying philosophy and film at the same time. Right. And uh, so one thing was pretty much informing the other. The, the other. Um, and this was the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so there was a lot of, in terms of cinema, there was uh, what it was, the, the new German cinema. Yeah. You know, the Nouvelle Vogue was still kind of ringing, but there yep. was the post-Nouvelle yep. Vogue, yeah. people like Alan Tanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there was, uh, together with that, uh, there was all these crazy experiments from, 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 from the Germans. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty much a lot of European, that, that, that whole period uh, was marked by a lot of contemporary European uh, filmmakers. And uh, this beautiful period of the, of the Italians of the 70s. Right. I'm talking about the Tabiani. Yeah. Uh, particularly the Tabiani who were like my favorite.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've talked in the past in interviews about your personal experience um, of life in Mexico. Um, you've used the word being scarring. C- can you talk a bit about how that um, translated into the first film um, that, you, that you co-wrote with your brother Carlos, It Mama Tambien? Yeah. Um, what was the inspiration for that film and how did that screenplay emerge from the memories that you brought to it? How did that evolve?
0: Well, but there was a completely different period than my studied no. years. That was probably 12 years after. Yes. And, uh, and during that period, there's a funny thing about how life works. Yes. Because uh, at, that, at that time, I was kind of reco- recovering or trying to recoup. I was very into um, American cinema of the 40s. Right. And, uh, practically the 40s, maybe the uh, uh, 30s. I was uh, in love with Lubitsch. yeah, and, uh, and Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder and I.L. Diamond, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And, uh, they co-wrote, of course. They, they co-wrote, mm. yeah. With martinis. With, with a lot of martinis. With a lot of martinis, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the reason I wanted... Yeah, to of that course, yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, um, uh, so it was this whole idea of rhythm. Yes. You know, and with Carlos, my brother, he's, uh, he's a writer. And, uh, and we would talk so much about rhythm. Yes. And, uh, and we wanted to do something that was precisely honoring that sense of rhythm. Mm. You know, it was... Uh, uh, and that was, I w- that was the focus. But it was... Uh, it was a period, I have to say, I, I, I'm a late bloomer in, in, in film. I admire filmmakers that from the first film, they already get it. Mm. You know, it took me a while to get it. You know, it took me many, 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 many years to start, and I haven't get, got it yet. You, you know, Some, it's, well, no, it's, might, no. What I'm might saying argue is, with that. people, yes. yeah, <laughs> but but uh, but to start having the sense, the notion of it, no, it I took understand. me a while. And I'd say my early, in my early films, it was always just trying to really do something that worked. Mm you know yep. if i was just so satisfied even with lubeski my collaborator the cinematographer we would say if we do one scene that is good mm-hmm. we're happy mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. when because um, you talked about uh,
1: rhythm uh, often screenwriters talk about the music of a screenplay and there are analogies i think um, that work very effectively with with music there is a sense that one is orchestrating a story can you can you talk a bit about how the storytelling of ichi Tambien evolved so what, what, what really strikes me about it as a, as, a, as, an, as a screenplay, even though the screenplay is invisible, is that um, you, you, you are telling a very intimate story against a backdrop that's as important. So the environment of uh, their world, the disjunction between privilege and poverty, the rites of passage that those boys go through with Louisa... Did you did you evolve what's become something that I I I I, I recognize in your work this um, parallel between character and environment? Did you did that evolve as as a conversation with Carlos? Was that something that you were consciously imprinting in your script, or did you learn it as you went along?
0: Yeah, in that uh, the the thing is when when uh, the way that Itumama también happened. Mm-hmm was after many years of, restri- of that I, I consider maybe that I lost many years of my creative life. Mm-hmm. Uh, being at the, allowing myself to be, to, to follow the, the siren, the sirens of- Siren call, of, of, mm-hmm. of The siren call of, of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was informed precisely by going back mm-hmm. to the reasons why I love film. Uh, I one one day I was very frustrated and I went we still have video shops at the same at that time you know yes. video places and and I was living in New York I went and I, I just uh, I just rented a bunch there was like 20 something videos yes. yeah I locked myself in my house yeah. and great delivery food in New York by the way <laughs> uh, uh, and and I watch film after film of the films that I, I would just go through the video thing and start getting stuff, yeah. Yeah. that I recognized that there were the reasons why I loved cinema. Yes. And I was watching one after the other, and it was the recognition again of this thing of, film is not just this thing of illustrated pictures. No, You know, it's uh, that, that, uh, uh, that, that pictures that illustrate stories. Film is something way more complex than that, mm. and uh, uh, it, and also the recognition that cinema doesn't owe anything to to literature. No, absolutely not. Or to or to drama, mm. or, or, or or to painting. Mm. It, it, c, it, cinema is way more similar to music. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. You know, is 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 an art that flows in time. Mm that also is an abstract language that uh, that flows with themes.
1: But it has the added complexity that at the same time, one is still having to stitch together a narrative that's coherent, and that's one of the beauties of what I feel you, you, you've you achieved in your work, but I, I can see it nascent in, in Ichimama Tambien, the ability both to um, control rhythm and tone, but to also tell a story that's incredibly enthralling, the story of these boys and their sexual awakening, and the story of their rites of passage from a kind of innocent sexual bravado.
0: Yeah, but the, 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 the simple thing, because I remember uh, when I started writing with Carlos, after I finished mm-hmm. that period, I, I called my brother and said, hey, uh, let's write a screenplay. Yeah. Come, and, come to New York, let's write a screenplay. Yeah, I said, okay, and he went there, and... Uh, and we start talking about this the basic premise of it to Tambien, of the two kids going with an mm-hmm. older woman mm-hmm. is something that we have seen for ten years or twelve years actually before doing my first film it was one of the choices to yes you know to do and I'm glad we didn't do it because we start talking about that and 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 we start talking about how by itself how un mm-hmm. uninteresting it was that it was just yeah it was it was a, a silly, funny story. Yeah, the you front know? movie story, yeah. The front, yeah. And, but we start talking, is when we start talking about it was more interesting to explore who these characters were mm. and to explore how their social class mm. and the social context inform characters. Yes. And how these characters, by the same token, inform that environment. Of course. Because coming back to your question, and that's what we started. The whole writing process was to be conscious about those, uh, mm-hmm. about the tension of those. To, two, stay, aware. Of yeah, those to two, stay aware of those two layers.
1: Implicit in that is an anxiety that sometimes overwhelms other screenwriters because you're trying to hold an awareness of of, of it as a piece of music and as a, as a something that's tonally very um, uh, pure unto itself, but at the same time to tell a, tell a story. One of the things you do in Ichimama Tambien, which I think is very bold, is you use third person voiceover. And I'm interested to know, <coughs> as, as a writer, whether you, or as writers, whether you deployed the third person voiceover from very early on, or whether that was a discovery.
0: No, it was, it was already, what well, was part of the reason why doing the voiceover? I remember uh, when I mentioned Carlos, mm. uh, and we need a voiceover, uh, he said, I refused refuse to do this screenplay. Says I'm not going to do the Wondered years, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, "Well, no, it's not the Wondered years." And and I said, um, "There's a a piece of of music music that I love and he lo- lo- loves from from a German composer called Henze. Yes, that is called tri- Tristan, in which uh, there is such a. It has this beautiful interludes of very melodic stuff, mm. and then suddenly those pieces are brutally interrupted mm. and there is this narration of this, chi- of this child All right. and what it happens is it just takes you out emotionally uh, to get a, into a more reflective mm. state and then springs back into these interludes, you know, and, and, and the, the result of that is an amazing emotional depth mm. and then we start talking about Brecht. You know, and you, you know, the, the whole breadth. Uh, I don't know in English how you call the distance. Alienation. The alienation, the, mm. the breadth and alienation. Yep. The, you know how uh, 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 taking you out um, to engage uh, in term, in rationally mm. into, into the whole process. Mm. And then he starts saying, okay, okay. And, and then I show him, uh, I think it was masculine and feminine right. that he hasn't seen. And he starts watching, and says, okay, I get it, I get, I get it, I get, get it. what the voice so is yeah, doing. Stop, stop, yeah. stop lecturing, and let's <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop telling yeah. me. Yeah. And and uh, and that was the process. And it was from there in the in the in the in the screenplay. In the screenplay, it described that the narrator comes out with any out with no other sound. Yes. Yes,
1: and yes, I, I, it's very noticeable, actually. The sound is killed mm-hmm. and then the voice comes in.
0: Yeah, it, it's killed for a few seconds. Yes, before the, and it, yes. Has a,
1: it has precisely that Brechtian effect of taking you out for a second because you're aware that nothing's happening and then the voice cuts in. There's a particularly... We, we haven't been able to bring the clip up, uh, unfortunately, for, for reasons of copyright, but um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a really lovely moment um, in the car... I'm going to describe it if really I can. Really? You have copyright issues? Uh, I don't know what's dance. happened, but anyway, we're not allowed to show it, which is very, very frustrating, so I'm going to paint a picture with words. Um, okay. there, is, there is the moment in the car where um, Julio and Tanika are boasting to Louisa about their manifesto, yep. and then there's a moment of silence, and then the voiceover tells us about their private inhibitions, their intimate inhibitions, the loose seat, for me, that's one of the most extraordinary moments in, in the film because it deploys voiceover as both alienating but incredibly intimate and incredibly telling about the boys. In the writing, is that in the screenplay? Is that it, it, How written is that? And how much did you discover that as you uh, worked with your actors?
0: No, all, of that was, all of that was written in the screenplay. Good. They are, uh, they. The, yeah, it's, it's, well, but that, 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 that's what we do. This is
1: exactly, but this is something that I think people. Um, we were talking about this, weren't we, earlier? It's, and we'll, we'll address it again with Roma. But it's something that it's a, it's a misconception about the screenwriting process, particularly with a- auteurs like yourself, that that they that that in some way or other, vision is ultimately. Um, the property of the director on the set, whereas in actual fact, what you, what you do in the screenplay is to master the structure and the dialogue and everything so that you can then liberate yourself. Does that make.
0: Well, yeah, totally. I mean, it's. Uh, it's and, and it's two things. is the screenplay, but as important as the screenplay is the thought out process yes. to get to that screenplay. Yes. And the more thought out the whole thing is, mm. as a director, when I arrived to the set, I'm free, mm. you know. I, I, then I can improvise. Yes. In itumama, también, then we would be free to improvise. Most of the time, going back to go, we would it was a full circle going back to the script. Yes. Um. Eh, but but also even if you find new scenes, are only because everything was so thought out and you have this amazing safety net. Yes. You know in which. You can fall and you're going to be fine, you know? I'm interested in, when you,
1: you mentioned improvisation, um, when I've worked with American actors, they very often um, treat the script as a, a rough guide, uh, which is deeply frustrating if, if you've spent um, 15 or 20 drafts. Um, is there a sense that, that the improvisation is as much a, an opportunity for the actors to find their character? You, you say that they come back to the screenplay. How often, in your experience of improvisations, changed the nature of the scene that you were, you'd written beforehand?
0: It, it's not about changing no. the nature of the scene. It's about uh, making it alive. Mm-hmm. You know, you, one thing is also I recognize I'm writing. I have my, I'm, I have my conceptions, but then I'm going to be dealing with humans yes. that they have their own ways of moving. Yes, and all ways of talking, in which sometimes the rhythm that I'm setting in the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, are not compared. Yeah, it's... And, and by the way, I'm not Tarantino. Tarantino is amazing doing that. You know, he has, He's a writer that is about the rhythm of his dialogue. Yeah. You know. Yeah. A, a, my, my approach is, is is a different approach. Is, is, uh, is about trying to find the rhythm of the character. Right. You know, and uh, the in Itumama también, very often what happened. Is that Carlos and I, we are older than Gael and Diego. Yeah. And they were just making fun, Gael and Diego, of our slang. Right. <laughs> right. And then they would change to their to their the, yes. you know the slang. And it was fantastic. Yes. By the way, I'm so happy because now younger people are making fun of their slang. Right? <laughs> 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 yeah, Good. I'm so happy. So right. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, yeah, the, then, um, so that kind of stuff, you know? And Itumama Tambien, what we would do is, you know, the improvisation of Itumama Tambien was that here's the script, here are the pages, this is the dialogue. Yeah. Now, and it, it was all the time running it each one of the scenes. We yes. would say, we're going to improvise like one minute or two minutes before the scene begins, yes, yes. then we engage into the scene, and you're, we're not going to cut you keep on, keep on improvising until I cut yes and that was more the improvisation yes 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 you, you yeah, know? I understand and, and that improvisation sometimes would inform something that was already written yes you know but it was in the context of what was already there. sure, sure. Um,
1: you've, you've I mean we've touched on this, but um, in all your films, the environment is as important as the characters um, and never more so than in children of men. Um, Let's talk a bit about that film and, and how that development process differed from *Itumama Tambien. I, I know that, um, obviously, for, for, for a start, it's a P.D. James novel, so it's an adaptation rather than public domain or personal. How was the experience of developing that screenplay different from *Itumama Tambien for you as a writer?
0: It was not that different because uh, I never read P.D. James' book. Right. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> the uh, 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 What I read was a synopsis that was sent to me, one page. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and it triggered... No, I, and I found the, the whole thing brilliant. Yes. And it triggered this idea. I, I was very intrigued about what was... It was 2000, mm-hmm. and, uh, year 2000, and I was very intrigued about the themes that were going to shape the new century. Yeah. And when I read that, and it was very serendipitous because... It, it happened at the same time. When I read that, I said, "Whoa! This is an amazing opportunity to talk about this." And immediately, a movie came in my head, mm-hmm. and I start like the mental process and of uh, of, of drafting how would it go?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and uh, so I started working with Tim Sexton, a collaborator, mm-hmm. writer, yep. collaborator, uh, and. And, and Tim said, uh, Should we read the book? And says, I don't want to read the book because I don't want, don't want to detour from this idea. He yep. says, But you read it. And maybe if you say that, think that there's something relevant, let me know. Mm. And, and, uh, and he said, You know, there's another screenplay was written. He says, I'm not interested, but you read it if you want. Mm. So he read the stuff and says, OK, so he says, Well, uh, there's the book that is absolutely brilliant, is really good, mm. but has nothing to do with what we're doing. Right. You know, is, uh, uh, the character of Julian Moore is the one who's bearing the baby. Right, okay, uh, that's pretty different. There are no immigrants. Yeah. It's, it's about, you know, it's more about this authoritarian society. Yeah. Uh, more like a, like a leader, more kind of Orwellian leader right. that is rolling the whole thing. And I was interested about making a democratic society yeah. that is going to the bird, you know, to yep. the edge of things, yep. just a little bit like today. Yes. And <laughs> and uh, the um, uh, and, and about immigration and yes. all these sort of yeah. things. And, so, and the screenplay was just like straight adaptation of the novel. Of the novels It's not even that, that good. So let's just uh, stick to what to, to the plan. And from then on, it was just about, it was a, a similar process, right. because the process was about how we were going to form all these other themes, you know? Because I was doing a lot of research about what, uh, what was shaping. You were reading Amy Klein and John Gray, weren't you? And John Gray, and mm. yeah. The, the, yeah. the good misanthropist. And yes, the John, Gray. John Gray. The very nihilistic is, John Gray. He's brilliant. Yes, he is brilliant. Very uh, yeah, nihilistic. and, and yeah. people like Todorov and Sisek and, yep. and Sasha Saskin and yep. a, lo- a lot of uh, yep. uh, uh, thinkers. And uh, and uh, it, that started to inform yes. the whole background, the whole thing. Also, the, the certain we wanted a lot of the stuff just be... You know, like, uh, not, I don't know if it's symbolic or of metaphorical elements, because there was a lot of also a little bit of Foucault and and yes. and and, uh, and, and uh, an echo in the right. in the process. So, the and as we were doing that, the uh, as we were doing it, it was about engaging the two stories you know, the foreground and the background. Foreground and background stories. So making one and the same.
1: Yeah, which I think is a, is a feature of your work. Um, coincidentally, you, you mentioned uh, all those thinkers that you were working with. I know that um, uh, our audience often uh, ask this question about research. Some screenwriters find it a black hole into which they never, emer- you know, never come back into the light because res- research can overwhelm you how do you deal you, with what you beautifully described once as the tapestry of information, which I loved as a description of research? How do you deal with the necessary moment where you draw that down into a document? How do you stop yourself from flying off into the research and never returning? What, what's, what's for you the process? Do you write treatments? Do you um, write structure? How do you bring all those notes
0: down to a script? Well, yeah, that's, it's very dangerous. Mm. It is, research is. is super it's so, dangerous. It's very I, I, I've been lost in yeah, that Bermuda Triangle. We all, we all have, yes, exactly. It's, it's a Bermuda Triangle, it is, and it's it really terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, when things have been good, mm-hmm. it's been like in, in Children of Men or even Gravity, in yeah. which before anything else, it was like strong concept, a strong idea of... The narrative, the initiating idea, yeah. You know, the narrative and how it was going to flow from A to Z. Yep. And uh, and even putting down in paper some of that stuff. Yes. And then the research starts to inform. To to, it's not No, because sometimes inform, but sometimes they, then the research starts taking the yes. foreground, yep. and you and and your characters the background, but just following that structure that you're already put. Right before doing Roma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not going to do, Rome. I didn't know I was going to do Roma, I was, I, for a couple of years I developed a project with my brother Carlos mm-hmm. uh, that dealt with humans 100,000 years ago, early humans, right. uh, not an adventure, it was more a domestic drama, yep. uh, but 100,000 years ago. Have and you read Have
1: you read *Sapiens* Yuval Harari's book about?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah well, that was yeah. one of 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 yeah. of of many. No, that many. came at the, at okay. the end of my research, you know, because I was uh, more uh, talking with with amazing people here at the at, at the Natural 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 History Museum mm. and uh, reading a bunch of books of very specific themes about. Uh, Early grains, yes. uh, or or early la- or, or early theories of language, mm. theories of how language was created, mm. uh, books about uh, just uh, fire, yeah. cooking and stuff yeah. like very very specific things. Mm. Mm. So much, so much. Also, relation neanderthal nehr- sapiens, uh, sapiens and yeah. uh, the, the other uh, species of humans or or what or,
1: what, and all the others. Yeah.
0: No, yes, the Daronnivians yep. and all of those mm. those other guys, and, and it's so much that then we start writing the screenplay. When I, I felt that I had all this knowledge, yes, and what starts happening is that I was so obsessed about all of that information to be conveyed, yes, in the screenplay, yes, and at the end I got lost. Mm. You know I. There was the story, more or less, that I we had set up to do, except there was—it was kind of dry. Mm-hmm. It was kind mm-hmm. of—it uh, was not making really. S- it was making sense, mm-hmm. a lot of sense, but it, it, it was—I uh, didn't find the angle. No, I stopped finding the angle. You know, I found it interesting, but. Yeah. I, I want to re- go back to that yeah. story eventually, but yeah. now free myself from Happy all of that stuff. Yeah. 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 And and that happened right before Roma, mm. and that's the danger of it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. is that I think that research, it's an amazing, yes, it's this tapestry in yeah. which you access, you know, but mm. it should not be the one leading the game. No, no. So you you so so you 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 reached a hiatus
1: with that project, and then. Um, You went on to Roma. We'll come on to Roma in a a moment. I just want to go back um, to uh, Children of Men and uh, another very powerful disjunction that you deal with in a lot of your work between um, privilege and poverty. And There's a moment in Children of Men where Theo and Nigel are talking about the art that's collected, Guernica, etc., ostensibly to save it for humanity, but really as décor. And and there's a moment in Roma, uh, and if you haven't seen Roma, it's a masterpiece, and I will try not to put too many spoilers in, but there's a moment where the forest is on fire and the privileged members of the party are still drinking cocktails, and some of them are just staring at this devastation in a kind of numb way you've talked about green spaces and about the importance of people breaking out and thinking more collectively. Can you talk a little bit about where that comes from in your life and how important that is to you?
0: Well, uh, I guess that has to... Co- it comes just from, you know, one, one experience informs the next experience. I come, yeah, uh, Mexico is a country yeah. in which uh, you have... it's it's, it's, it's impossible to go through Mexico and not to see contradictions all the time. Yep. You know, not not to see the most amazing, beautiful places and the most beautiful expressions of generosity together with uh, uh, misery and and atrocities, Mm. you know? Uh, Developed world is different because the developed work outsources that misery. Yes. You know? Yes. I, the, um, I, I, and, and has created these green zones that that, uh, that those green zones, that even, even about, yeah. in, in the developed countries, are becoming narrower and narrower yeah. and narrower because those green zones used to be the, the, the countries by themselves. And now uh, even each country is becoming ha- needed to have their green zones because there's already stuff going on outside those green zones. So when you're, you're, you know, you're growing in a society that is so obvious what is going on around, yeah, uh makes you wonder. Yes. you know.
1: One of the things you did in, in Children of Men was, I believe you and your cinematographers agreed that you wanted to try and make London as much like Mexico City as possible. And I'm sure it's no uh, joy to you to discover how clairvoyant that film was because here we are twelve years later, and you know the immigration crisis and the climate chaos that we now have right around us was there in that film.
0: Yeah, but there were, uh, people were warning about that yeah. for decades now.
1: Yeah, but very few people were listening.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it was not ca- it was not a topic trend, I guess. Yes. And uh, the, the uh, what is amazing is that now everybody, even people sending children, men, oh look at that. Mm-hmm. I, you yeah. know, I was just, these people were talking about that like two decades ag- ago, and now it's happening. They, all of these things that we're living mm-hmm. were completely, it was completely predicted two decades ago yep. immigration, yep. Uh, uh, environment, mm-hmm. uh, this whole thing of the, autori- the populism and authoritarian states. I mean, this is reality, really no, no, it is no, there are no, no news. You're no. Not too no, it's not news. No. Um,
1: you, 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 While you were developing Children of Men, um, you directed a Harry Potter. And I'm, I'm in, I, I don't really want to talk about the Harry Potter, but I wanted to ask one question with regards to that, uh, just in terms of storytelling, and to ask whether there were any um, elements of the storytelling that you were engaged in that influenced you as you as you as you went on or whether that was a bespoke experience. Did there did you take anything from that experience a, um, from Harry Potter as a storyteller?
0: Oh it was just a joy to do yeah. that feel. First of all, you you are in, you know, you, you're engaging into into something that has so much goodwill. Yes. yes. So it, there, it, there's a joy to do that. Yes. You know you're you engaging into something that that is beloved. Mm. Uh, that the, the source material is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Mm. You know, uh, the, um, uh, and my my only concern was uh, rather than to do a fantasy as it was in the previous two films, it was more to try to to understand these characters as people that really exist. Yes, you know, that because is, that's that like the great it. thing. What I love of of the J.K. Rowling's uh, books is that uh, everything has a reference to real life. Mm. And that was the process of doing that, you know. And uh, it was uh, for me. The, what the challenging thing is, I was not in. I, I was. Ha, I had never done, and I was not used to do sco- uh, films that or, or that have so much scope in terms of characters and stories and so much plotting and yes. and, and and that was that was so much fun. Yeah. I have to say that from the narrative standpoint. Yes. yes. Is very joyful. Yes, you know. And uh, uh, b- besides that, it was as a director, it was just my kindergarten for visual effects. <laughs> yeah, you know? and no, and yeah. it was brilliant. It yeah. was just. Uh, and and another side side effect is that um, Children of Men was the film I was going to do before Harry Potter, and they didn't want to do it. Yeah. And after Harry Potter, they gave me the green light. Exactly. So yeah. That was another it's a very the, good. The magic of Harry Potter. The magic of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, talking of visual effects,
1: uh, gravity. Um, uh, now, I'm interested again, uh, as always, uh, here at this particular series in in the in the process of developing that uh, as a screenplay. Um, the, the 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 thing that comes across so powerfully and poignantly is the theme of grief, and how grief is expressed visually. Um, by a world without anchors and a world in which death is, or even annihilation, is split seconds away. Can I ask you about how that screenplay evolved with your son, Jonas, and how you dealt with the fact that you didn't have the conventional tropes of uh, story, plot, narrative, that, say, you have in Harry Potter. How did that come about, and what did you do to meet that challenge in the screenplay?
0: Well, that, that I owe to Jonás. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, the story is that I, uh, it, it, he wrote a screenplay of another film that he, then he directed called Desierto. And he had a very early draft, and I was reading that and said, this is brilliant, because mm. he was making a big political statement uh, in the context of a chase, a non-stop chase film. Mm. Mm. You know, and uh, the funny thing is, this one of those films that now, when it came out four years ago, or so it was kind of not really it didn't, not, people Picks didn't up pay many and people, picked up. Yeah. And now they are starting to pick up in that because of everything that is happening in in the in the U.S. border, Mexico-U.S. border. Yeah. Um, so, and I said, "Wow, this is great. You know, I would love to. I would love to do something like this." Mm bold as this. And, and the, because he kept on saying, look, I like your your films are alright. He said. <laughs> he says Children. just it's just that you know it's you tend to be very kind of rhetoric. And I I, I I get bored with that. Right. He said and the whole challenge was okay how to do a film in which we could convey the information or the emotion or the thematic elements without Talking about them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and uh, and and then we took the the point of reference. We took uh, we we start talking about doing this and yep. says, well, let's do this. But what if we do this in a, trying to bring it in a big scope? Yeah, you know, in a big scope, but Grand at the same scale. time to yeah. make a, a, a big scale, but mm-hmm. at the same time making it absolutely. Intensely intimate story about her. A, a yeah. very intimate story, and we were talking a lot about *Dead Manscapes by Bresson, mm-hmm. You know, in which is a film that is about a man escaping a prison, mm. that thematically is about many other things. Mm. You know, but in reality, that's, that's the framing device. Yeah. It, yeah, but in reality, what you're watching is mm. actually a quite exciting story about a man escaping a prison, and that was the point of departure for *Gravity*. Mm. And uh, it was about. Uh, that it was this thing he said is let's make the images count yes you know let's make the images be the part of that thematic elements that 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 you sometimes do into rhetoric with characters yes and 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 again not wishing to bang on
1: about um screenplays but presumably all those visual images that are so rich and the very stripped down um cinema that, that that's Very, very, very low on dialogue of any kind. Presumably, that's all written in. But before you start shooting something as massive as that, I imagine.
0: Well, you didn't have any choice because some something was kind of tough and Mm. sometimes frustrating. Of gravity is that we were constrained by the technology. Right. So we had to everything, even the performance. uh, Sandra Bullock, that I admire her performance because she was so constrained about. Yeah. about timings, about rhythms, about stuff that was already done. I mean, we had, we had uh, done a draft with Sandra, doing a voiceover, just like reading the whole thing, yes. to try to get her cadence and her rhythm, but mm. then she had to reproduce not exactly the same performance, but the timings, Yes, you know? So everything was very constrained. So there was a lot of technical constraints oh, yeah. around her. Yeah, sure. A lo- lot of them. Sure.
1: You know. um, one of the themes that um, runs through all your work um, but is particularly uh, vivid in gravity is, um, for want of a better word, the notion of incarnation, of birth, rebirth, of stillbirth. Um, there's there's the extraordinary moment of Children of Men where the, that Christ-like baby walks through the war zone and everybody just stops. And then there's Sandra Bullock in the fetal position. And then in Roma there's... The, the stillbirth. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you're exploring when those images occur to you? What is it that's bringing those ideas into the
0: films that you write? Well, a lot of that is instinctual. Yes. You know? uh, yeah. Recently, someone commented about those things and. The funny thing is I was not really that aware of that, right. of the connection of those things. Yeah, there's also so it's someone comment that most of my films finish in, in, in the water. I and, didn't know. And, I didn't and, notice that, no. And I haven't noticed no, that No, I haven't either, noticed that. You know, but I am very aware that, 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 that it, Burden Remorse are. And, burden, and, burden and, burden and I think are... that my own explanation is that yeah. I have very little imagination. <laughs> I, have to keep on, I, <laughs> I have to keep on going to the same I, things.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, again, I think people would dispute that. Um, <laughs> Let's talk a bit about Roma, um, and I'm aware that uh, we should uh, give half an hour to our friends here because I know they'll want to talk to you. Just briefly on Roma, um, that's an intensely personal film. What do you do to meet the challenge of drawing down memories into a multi-layered complex story? What was the challenge there for you in the screenwriting? Because um, memorial material from memory can very often rather like research, take you down a, a rabbit hole. How did you control the material in the writing?
0: I, this is contradicting everything that we talk about because the, um, the, the my process of Roma is unlike any other process I've done in any other film, yep. in any front of, uh, of my filmmaking experience, not yep. as a writer, director, even cinematographer, anything. Right. Um, the process of Roma was... When it manifested, the idea yep. it had three pillars, and when, those are things that are respect, and I don't, I don't move, are unmovable. Yep. When I have yep. some idea manifests, comes with certain pillars, mm-hmm. and you just, yep. they, they, they are there. You. Yep. One is that it was about this character Cleo, uh, based upon uh, one one person, you know, that that uh, a woman who raised me that is part of his. I'm part of her family, mm-hmm. uh, that the process, the tool was going to be memory,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that it was going to be black and white. Those were the only three things. And so the process started to be memory. And and that it was about all the research that you usually do in books and talking with uh, experts. It was just like getting lost in memories. Mm-hmm. and. The thing with memories is that it's like this corridor with many, with with uh, an infinite number of doors. That each door that you open leads you to another infinite corridor within an infinite number of doors, and you get you keep on going from door to door, and you get lost (laughs) in um, in what Borges talks about, calls the uh, the place of the gallery of shutter Mm. opaque mirrors. Mm. Yeah, you know? mm. because you start getting lost in uh, door after door after door after door, and I allow myself to get lost. You know? and as I was getting lost, it, it was courage. new new yeah. details. Where, and, and this is the thing: once that you open a door, it's just that another many other memories manifest. Mm. You know, it's, uh, uh, it, it was kind of very interesting, and more interesting when I start bouncing those memories with the real life Cleo,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and just, uh, and then learning about her memories, mm-hmm. you know. And it was a whole process like that, and I, when I felt that I had, an, you know, that I have reached, like, that point, I uh, I just sat to write, to, to write. Mm-hmm. And I wrote the whole thing, and this is the thing, I, I've never written a screenplay for, for more than three weeks. Mm-hmm. I believe that screenplay you write in three weeks or 30 years. There is no (laughs) time in between. Everybody take (laughs) notes. (laughs) um, And I'm talking about the first draft, obviously. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, uh, But in, in Roma, there was only one draft because I decided that what I was going to do is sit and start writing without any consideration to length, any consideration to... Uh, character structure, uh, uh, any kind of structure, plot points or anything. Mm-hmm. Just sit and write, mm. almost like a f- automatic free writing. form, yeah. Free, mm. And trusting, being irresponsibly enough or very arrogant to think that I have developed a narrative muscle throughout the years y- yeah. that would, would take care of everything. Mm. And I would just write. I wrote for three weeks. I finished the screenplay, and I never read it again. And wow. nobody ever read that screenplay, uh, not the actors, not the crew. Nobody read the screenplay. The only person who had uh, the, the only one was my partner, David Lindy from Participant <laughs> Films. That says, he said, well, I need a screenplay just because of insurance. <laughs> Otherwise, I cannot pay the money. I said, Says yes, but it's for your eyes only. Mm-hmm. I said yes for my eyes only. Just give me a draft, and I, and gave it him the draft. It was in Spanish. He doesn't speak Spanish, <laughs> so it was. Uh, and I never. I mean, I opened this. I would open the pages, but I would never read the screenplay from A to Z mm. to check structure stuff like that. You know and. Uh, because I didn't want anything to taint the process. I n- didn't show it to my old collaborators like Alejandro gonzalez to uh-huh. Guillermo del Toro, uh-huh. Pavel Pavlikovsky, uh-huh. or Carlos, uh-huh. my brother. Uh-huh. I didn't want, because I knew that they would give me amazing suggestions uh-huh. that will make me kind of sidetrack. Uh-huh. And I didn't want, I, I just wanted to preserve the purity of those memories and the way they were. It's a supremely confident thing to do,
1: I think, and it's uh, manifested in the film, which is exquisite. So, um, uh, bravo. Can we can we take questions from the floor? Because I know they'll be very eager. Yeah,
0: do you remember we're going to just show the whole yes, relationship? Yes, because thank I, you.
1: Um, could we just bring up a page of the screenplay? And For me, it's important to mention this uh, because so we were having a conversation yeah. um, uh, uh, just before we came out, and the nature of the conversation was about how detailed Alfonso's screenwriting is um, and how important it is to get rid of forever the misconception that something as detailed and beautiful as Roma just happens on set.
0: Um, and I wonder if yeah, you'd like there's to there's a misconception that there are a lot of that happens in this film or films that I know of filmmakers that are writer directors, that that, that 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 those are directorial choices. Mm. If you read a Guillermo del Toro screenplay, every single detail of anything of the character or the the, the laboratory or anything the 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 labyrinth of the of Pan's yeah. labyrinth and yeah. stuff. That you would say, okay, that's the director working with the designer. No, everything is so precisely described. Yeah. Here, the, the thing is, uh, if we stop for a moment, because
1: Can if we you bring all, it down a bit, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: down. This is a scene in there which in which a car enters a garage, and uh, if you, when you see the film, you'll see is stop uh, there. Is there's a lot of different cuts, and. Everything, I, as a director, I didn't have to do anything but just to follow the screenplay, yes, yes. you know? And uh, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's important because the film, for instance, Roma, mm. and they, they asked me if those are directorial choices, and I said, no, those are writer's choices. Yes. In Roma is filled with uh, a lot of foreground background, a lot of description of what is in the background, mm-hmm. and everything is in the screenplay. Yes. The film is very... Oral. There, is a lot of sa- there are a lot of sounds going on. Sound is actually a character in the film. Mm. And all the sounds are described in the screenplay. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that then you are looking for locations and, and you get informed and mm. you add. Mm. But you, it, those are r- really little yeah. things that you add here and there. Yeah. The whole thing, the core of everything, is already described in the screenplay, yeah. and I think it's very important because it's a misconception it of is. sometimes what is the writer and what is the director, mm. you know, going on.
1: Well, uh, this is a triumphant um, uh, expression of how important screenplays are. No, right? even
0: talks about the yeah. waltz, you know, it's about the music that is there. There's uh, uh, the, the, uh, the engine shuts off, and with did the music, you know, like it's. Uh, it, it, it's uh, it, when the the, the world picks up the rhythm, yep. Yep. you know, like all of that is is and, already and what's, there. And what's
1: remarkable for those who've seen the film, and, and even for those who haven't, is that this is the first time a character is introduced. It's the the, the father, and th- 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 this moment in the film is so predatory, so animal in its power, and it says so much about the man we have not yet seen walk out of the car and informs so much of what then follows. Uh, and thank you so much for sharing that with us because uh, it's a triumphant expression of what screenwriting should be about. Uh, is it all right if we we'll open, do the floor? Do so. Um, do so. so we're gonna take mics around. Um, we'll start there <laughs> on the second. Um, Alfonso, thank you very much for sharing your reflections. I'm just curious to know about legacy and also what you're doing to um, preserve the future of the, you know, Mexican rights and stuff. I mean, because obviously there must be writers out there in the Mexican film community who are still trying to me- get their voices heard. I mean, have you, are you mentoring people? Are you? And in terms of how does the, how is the local film industry doing at the present time?
0: Well, uh, in Mexico, as opposed to the the, the the period that I was living in, uh, that. My, my, the, the, making films in my generation was very difficult, even more difficult to the generation pro, uh, uh, before mine. Now uh, there's a very, there's an immense industry in Mexico and that's good and bad because uh, in many, uh, right now there is, uh, a, it's very good in terms of their jobs, you know, and that's fantastic. Uh, a lot of the stuff is not necessarily great There's a lot of series going on, and none of them, uh, not all of them, amazing, you know. And what happened, the byproduct when there's so much job going on, is that there's a certain sense of discipline that gets lost, you know, because uh, rather than people that rather staying into one position and learning the craft before moving into another, uh, let's say, uh, uh, another position. Uh, very soon they become heads of departments. Like that happens with technicians, you know. Uh, rather than learning the craft properly and being under, you know, assisting someone who knows a lot, that very soon they have the opportunity to move on and becoming the head of department. And then what happens is that he went to move into being a head of department, but not with all the knowledge that he should have. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, Great thing, some time, there's a bad side effect. Nevertheless, there's, from the standpoint of the creators, it's so damn exuberant what is happening right now. It's really remarkable. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I, I, I believe that the young generation of filmmakers is the best generation of filmmakers in Mexico, probably in the history of Mexico. You know, and they, they have... An immense confidence, yeah, and, and, and and that is fantastic. The, the whole thing of uh, Mexican cinema in my generation and, previ- uh, and and the previous generations, there was a lack of really narrative understanding, and now narrative of this the young generation is kind of second nature, you know. And some are really exploring very interesting thematic elements. So I'm I'm I I think that I'm not worried about the legacy of of. of of Mexican cinema.
1: Um, somebody was—we got a mic over here. We'll, we'll, I promise we'll go further. Yeah. Hi. Um, I was curious um, when it comes to because a lot of, I think a lot of people are very impressed by a lot of the technical things that happen in in your films when it comes to the cinematography and stuff. So I was curious about when you're writing um, because you know you're going to direct. Do you in your writing process? Think about how you're going to, I don't know, technically approach things, and I suppose the second part of that question be: Do you think you would write differently if you weren't going
0: to direct? The uh, no is I don't think technically when I'm writing, you know, that that's the joy of writing mm-hmm. that you're not constrained by technique. Mm-hmm. I that there's sky is the limit when you're writing, mm-hmm. so it's fantastic. Guys, in many ways, my favorite. The process of getting to writing, maybe not my favorite, but ones that I'm writing is just, you get into the zone and it's so much fun. The, um, it, it, but the, the, the whole thing of the description is the same. I have collaborated with other, with other people writing or co-writing stuff. And what happens is you just describe, you just try to describe, it, this thing is not to be read, it's to be seen. You know, and and you try to describe the as much as possible, and then I I, I have seen stuff and the choices that other directors do they, they do, and it's great. But then I recognize that it has nothing to do with the visual I was imagining, but it does with the rhythm that you're setting on the page. Mm-hmm. You're you know, in terms maybe did the shot or the thing in a completely different way, but did the shot. You know, did the, or or let me put this way, did the moment, Mm. you know, convey that moment. And it's about that when we're writing, we're conveying those moments. And uh, so I I think is that the the approach is exactly the same. In in many ways, I don't think I'm directing when I'm writing. I would be very limited, Mm. you know, Mm. Uh, uh, and and I want to be free when I'm writing. That's a wonderful answer.
1: is there anybody with their hands up further up there? Um,
0: there. Um, yeah, I've got you. Primero, muchísimas gracias. Oh, yeah. um, the main question is like Sorry. with people of your caliber, we are seeing so many doing projects on like streaming platforms and things like that. Do you feel there's still kind of like enough sense of wanting to give a shot to newer voices to kind of like move into the streaming platforms? Or do you think we should try as newer voices going through the normal path of kind of like smaller production and so on, and then reach out for streaming. Or do you think there is still enough room there for newer voices to develop and to push forward and drive? I think there is something that is way greater than platforms and, and theatrical. That is cinema. Cinema is is is, is what is important. Uh, the other stuff are are uh, the, uh, the annoying co- uh, considerations of, of of showing our films in in th- in any moment of of history. That I mean, right now is the conversation between streaming and theatrical. Uh, years before was just the consideration of trying to get your your, your film into a theatrical release. Mm. You know, it's. Uh, what I, 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 but, but I, I the, the only difference I see is that uh, right now is there's a, a a fight in which two two things that had nothing to do with cinema, is two economic models are fighting, and and eventually it's going to come into a balance. But I, I don't think as a filmmaker we should concern about economic models. We should consider con, you know concern ourselves just in terms of film.
1: And storytelling, yeah. Um, somebody up at the back there.
0: Hi. Um I was just gonna say from when you get your original idea, when you actually start writing the script, obviously with Romo it was different. Um, do you how much of the plot points do you have in your mind already? And do you do it from beginning to end when you're writing, or do you find it easier to sort of move around the script a little bit? Yeah, the, in except Roma that it was a completely yeah. responsible process of just going into, you know, like yeah. writing floor, yeah. in, in a free in a free fall. Um, the in the, the other screenplays, I cannot start writing until I feel that in my head I had the beats. Mm. You, you know, uh, actually, mm. Pavel Pavlikovsky, <laughs> he he talks about your five moments. Right. You know, he talks about you need five moments, mm. and that's his process. Mine is different, yes. but, but I understand what he's mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Pavel talks about you have your five moments. Mm-hmm. Once that you have your five moments, it's just about finding, yeah, yeah, finding like, the, like, and yeah, the flow, fi- fi- finding the flow in between those five moments. Yeah. In my case, yes, I need to understand. I need to understand how I'm entering the whole thing. I need to understand. Uh, the, 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 the main conflict, if you might, and then I need to understand the, the where is it going to, you know? So I, if not, I feel very insecure. Uh, except Roma, but, but because then I, when I finished the screenplay, because I didn't read it again, to Carlos, my brother, I kept on I saying, it's, as, 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 it's, it's a feeling that is not narrative. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was narrative, in other there, words. Yeah. You know, and when he when finally he saw it, you said you cheated me. Because it's uh it's, of course. It's, it's very narrat- of course. It's completely it's very narrative. narrative. Yeah, of course. But I kept on telling him is you know, I don't know if anybody's going to care about it. It's I think it's a very abstract thing. Uh, but generally speaking, I once that I have those things is when I can do my three weeks of just mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I'm not sure where the microphone is,
1: but we have a hand up here in the middle. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll come to you. So, there's another one down here on the third or fourth row. Yeah. Um, related to a lot of the things you're talking about, about uh, time, uh, the the relationship the viewer has and the the writer has, the filmmaker has with time. Um, I feel like right now, because of the platforms, not to get too much into it. Sometimes as a writer, you have a choice, make your screenplay 75 minutes or eight hours. Um, and we'll go either way. And if it's eight hours, can you make it 40 hours for the next five years? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're still thinking of it in terms of, oh, I have, a, I have a story A to Z. I don't know if I can do five, five moments and fill it in eight hours, but it's a different type of paradigm we're talking about now, that you have a film that can stretch out. Um, so I just wanted to know your thought on that. Do you see a place for yourself in that world and the idea that I amazing
0: out? moment. Look, if you consider that the only reason why films are 2 hours long is a convention that it has was inherited in the early science films uh, because of commercial considerations and it was a convention that was inherited from the vaudeville and the mm. and, uh, and and the theater mm. you know and also, because it making sense in terms of the kind of sh- amount of showings that you could mm-hmm. give. Fitting <laughs> that, that you could fit in one day. Yeah. So, uh, if you think about that, cinema inherits just something that is very Philistine. You know, I just uh, uh, one more time a business model. And what I find that is so exciting nowadays is that cinema is. It's, it's going to, it's time to be, get free into exploring uncharted territories. Uh, for instance, short films, we call it short films, when if you think about it, some of the masterpieces of the solid, silent films <laughs> are short, short films, films, but they are not short films, they are mm. films. Mm. You know, and and when you call short film, you're already doing some. You're calling in a very pejorative mm. yes, way. Yes, you're suggesting a it's film not, f- it's not full that, that is not a, f- mm. a, f- a full mm. film. Mm. So, and and if you see some works of some amazing masters, mm. are films that sometimes are ten minutes long, or mm. seven minutes long, or fifteen minutes long. Uh, so I think it's is a time to start just erasing those definitions, and also is uh, I remember. Uh, there's a, a great filmmaker, German filmmaker, I love, it's called Sieberberg, that Sieberberg used, used to do these very crazy things with Wagner operas, That they lasted like seven hours, you know? And it was just such a trip just mm. to watch and sit there and get lost in the madness of mm. that. And, it, and right now, I think that that's a this great opportunity. Now, I'm talking about cinema. What we're experiencing a lot with platforms is not necessarily cinema, it's more, it's more connected with TV. That is a different thing, it's fantastic, it's a great thing, I enjoy them and there are rumps and I can get, I can do my Brinch watch, but I'm watching, I'm getting lost in a soap or in a, in, in a, in a series but not because of the cinematic value mm. of the thing. I'm getting lost in story. Uh, in many ways, it's becoming a media for lazy readers. Hmm. You know? While what I'm more intrigued is about cinema, and what, if, what you're talking about of doing, stretching your five moments. Or turning why five moments? Why do Pavel do fifty moments? You know, uh, be, be, be more like the War and the Peace. War, war and Peace. You know that it, War and Peace is not five moments. You know, <laughs> it, so it's, it's about stretching that. But as long as War and Peace has an as as much as much as much uh, uh, literary power as a short a short story by. Also, Tolstoy, that is a Winter Night, mm. you know. And if you can achieve the whole thing, one that in in what is 50 pages as Winter Night or the hundreds pages that is War and Peace, in a cinematic form, now that platforms are giving that opportunity, fantastic. And by the way, that's not to put down series. I I enjoy them. I'm writing one, you know, <laughs> just because it's so much fun. Mm. I'm writing one because it's just you don't have the constraint of the hours. Mm. You just keep on developing your character. Mm. You keep on developing story. Mm. You, you don't have to telegraph stuff. Mm. I, I think it's amazing. Mm.
1: Mm. Um, we have someone down here on the third row. Hi.
0: Um, yeah, I was interested to know um, what your advice to screenwriters is on sort of listening to notes and like when Especially kind of producer and financier notes and when they're useful and no, when they never. <laughs> no, no. Listen to them. No, not and say great ideas. <laughs> Let me think about them. And, but go on, go on. The- I think that's the answer, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think you won't
1: get a more concise or acute <laughs> answer than that. Is there anyone anyone else with a hand up? Um, so in the middle here, could someone get a microphone?
0: But by the but by, the same token, find you trusted you trusted collaborators that are mean to you. And that is fundamental. Mm-hmm. There's nothing meaner mm-hmm. to me than, for instance, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's fantastic. I'm so grateful with him. Mm-hmm. Or Pavel. The, the film about the early mm-hmm. humans, mm-hmm. Pavel read it, yep. and this was is how he killed me. This is how he killed me. <laughs> he oh, killed oh, me. Ah. In his Polish... Yes, it thing, is Polish. In his Polish. Yes. This is... a. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's interesting. It's just, it's just uh, a universe I don't give a damn about. <laughs> and.
1: Yep. Wow. That. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um. Somewhere in the middle. I'm sorry, I can't really see that. How do I follow that? <laughs> um. You talked about five moments and something I completely agree with with cinema. I. What were the five moments that guided you through Gravity?
0: Wow, I guess it was, it was uh, the, triggering the whole thing into her getting lost in space. I, I, I'm pretty much, it was probably three moments. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it was because I, I, we, uh, th- th- there was a point in which we wanted just to do a whole film the whole very first idea of Jonas and I betrayed, is that there was not going to be any other character that we see, but there was no, the George Clooney character was only going to be the center character. Mm. And it was mostly about her getting lost in space and keep on rolling and rolling and rolling into the void. And uh, it pretty much was that, and then uh, getting back into uh, uh, yeah, yeah we were, I remember we were talking about getting lost, and we were talking with the tools that we had there that uh, we knew that they existed in, over there. There was the Hubble telescope, <laughs> the International Space Station, mm. uh, the Soyuz, and the Chinese station. Because the Chinese station, when we were doing it, they had just launched it. And we we figured that by the time we finished the movie it would, it would be, be completed, yeah. and now even felt you know. You, you see at the end that the Tiangong mm. goes into the atmosphere, and there are photos of that. It's fantastic. Mm. It's, uh, I mean, it's fantastic because uh, it happened. Yeah, it, echo, it <laughs> I, echoes. I mean, it's not a good thing, probably. No, but but, it echoes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and so those were the those were the moments, and then um, the whole thing of you know like her coming back in Earth. But yeah, it was it was pretty much structure about the 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 bases we we used to call like the bases, the bases that we had yeah. available in space. The reality. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Are there any other hands up? Can I see? Anybody?
0: But each one, then, what we discuss yeah. is in each one of those bases, what was the emotional value of each one of those. <laughs> St- uh, a- well, one is, 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 is a sense of rebirth, another is is uh, uh, another is a moment of gestation, you know, and and and, and, and at the end is pretty much uh, uh, the, the the moment of 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 birth
1: of reincarnation almost, you know? yeah, yeah, at the back. Somebody's there with a
0: the mic. Hi, um, I really loved what you said about when you did the Harry Potter. How joy-filled it was, and I wondered for you as a writer, how important is joy to you? Somebody up there, there, there. oh there, yeah, that you know, it, it, joy is the thing that has to lead the process, and uh, the uh, and, and that's that's in, in. If I have to define the moments of joy in the in the in the process of filmmaking, for me, of filmmaking for me is writing. Again, because the moment that you are alone, there are no limitations. There's no constraint of time. There's no constraint of money, unless you have to pay the rent and then you have to <laughs> deliver the draft. Uh, uh, but um, and and that that is the the uh, eh, that, that 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 is the moment. And it's not only Harry Potter. It's just every single moment of writing. It's just I love when you you get lost and if you're, you know, uh, if you have to travel. You know, instead of uh, uh, getting falling asleep in the plane, or or watching a movie that is fantastic to watch movies bad movies in planes, <laughs> not good movies bad yes, movies. bad ones bad yeah. movies fantastic. and you cry. Yes. Yeah. Lack of oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lack of it's, it's lack of so oxygen. Great. It does yeah. wonders. Yeah. 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 it's because of you know, know that when you're flying you cry, and and, and so it, it, it's great. But you even don't do that because you just want to keep on writing. Yeah. And it's, it's just such an amazing thing. And you just get lost in that in that zone. I because from then on everything goes downhill. Yes. You know, it's just the rest of the process is painful. Yes.
1: It's the only moment of infinite possibility because everything after that is an interpretation. It's an inter- yeah. 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 Um, there's somebody up at the back I believe is yes. Me? So so they're just up there. So the words cinema and cinematic gets thrown around all the time, and I just want to know what it is to you. What is cinema to you? What are those elements?
0: Yeah, for, for me, is is this this language in which that that is a language in its own right, in which that um, in which all of these all of these uh, uh, other things around are just tools for, that, for the sake of that language. And what I'm saying is that you have seen and there are expressions of amazing, amazing, amazing films and masterpieces that are, have been done without sound, mm-hmm. uh, without music, without color, uh, without actors, even without stories. But there are not one single masterpiece that has been done without Images, you know, and and the, and this is the thing: is the image as a as a, a, a image flowing in time, mm. you know, and is this thing of how what matters is are those images flowing in time, and whatever is, that, is there that 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 is represented, is um, it, I'm not really interested in illustrated stories. You know, and that's the easy thing of a lot of the series. They are fantastic, and, and I love watching them, because I can watch most of them with my eyes closed. Mm. You know I can be doing stuff, mm. and I'm following the show. Mm. You know Once in a while, I come back and I stop kind of and quick, go yeah. back a little bit and say, "Oh wow, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, but, but most of I have to say most of the contemporary mainstream cinema is the kind of cinema that you enter the theater, you get your popcorn. You sit down, the lights go off, you close your eyes, you eat your popcorn. <laughs> the movie ends and you didn't miss one bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's more like again, it's, it's, it's more like like books for lazy people. You know, and uh, uh, when it's about cinematic, is when the dance between the elements uh, are, are are greater than the sum of the elements. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is what is amazing. That is what I consider cinematic. Thank you. Um,
1: to, time for two more. And uh, somebody's very patiently waited down here. I, uh, the microphone's there, so we'll take that question. And then the last one will be down here at the front. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Alfonso, thank you for um, the inspirational conversation. I just had a question about the process of making the films. When you did now the film with Netflix, Roma, was the process different than when you do it with a classical studio? Did they try to influence it in any way, or you had the complete freedom?
0: No, the film was not produced by Netflix. That uh, the film was produced by Esperanto Filmo and Participant Media. Then we sold it to Netflix for distribution. It's a complete different. I mean, and but even if I if I have. Doing a film with Netflix, you know, originals—they have financed it from the beginning. That wouldn't change anything. I mean, it's do you change how you do your films if it's going to be produced by Warner Brothers or 20th Century Fox? I think it's so important to stop, like, separate. You know, like, it, those are economic models again. Those are just, you know, it's just it had nothing to do with with the work of cinema you know it's, uh, i think that uh, by the way uh, it's a film that is shot in 65 millimeters with dolby atmos you know obviously it was not no film that i will do is meant to be seen in a, in a in a in a in a telephone you know if somebody chooses to see it like that well that's their choice but i hope that people that care about the art of cinema they will want to see it in a big screen as I hope that, please, if, if you happen to see Roma, please try to see it in a big screen. Mm. You know. mm. Absolutely. Um, last question down here on the front.
1: Um, this corresponds to the previous question about what is cinema uh, and a cinematic language. And um, Your cinematic language, especially Roma, is very soulful. It has a kind of grace. And I wondered if that's, an element that you consciously feed into the writing, or it's just something that comes out of you naturally and you don't think about it, this soul?
0: I don't really think about it. I think about the elements. Hmm. I think a lot about the elements that are going to compress <laughs> the thing. And most of those elements are in the screenplay. Hmm. You know, and that's the thing. It's, uh, it's, that's what I love screenwriting. Uh, I don't consider myself a writer, in, because I don't know if I could write a book. Because what I try to write is, is to provide those elements in the page that can be transformed into a cinematic experience, you know? Is, uh, and I love, uh, it, I love the combination of sounds and, uh, and characters and dialogue but also of the, of the context, of everything that is around. So, uh, but also in the page, there's, I try to describe a sense of time. You know, it's a, a I'm not a believer of the economic writing, and maybe it's wrong, is the economic writing of that is just minimum description, dialogue, minimum description. Because I, I feel that that sometimes lies in terms of the flow of time. I prefer that if it's going to be uh, something that at the end is going to last, say, four minutes, mm. is represented... In, on, on the page. In, on the page. Absolutely. You, you, Absolutely. you, you know? Absolutely. It's uh, the... the and, and that is what I, I... I don't love screenplays when they just describe that there's going to be a very big battle and, mm. and they just feel words to to convey a sense of battle mm. because a battle itself is an structuring time yes so even even again as if the director is not going to follow every single one of the beats that in the page to have that sense yes. of the rhythm in how that battle is going to is going to flow it's not you enough
1: can... to say the army marches into town like, sorry, <laughs> the, 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 there you go that, yeah um, <laughs> Just before we, we, we finish, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, Alfonso, um, what your contemporary self now uh, would say to your younger self if you had one word of advice.
0: You guys always do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what would you I'm say? I'm the what, worst giving advice, what, what, man. What would, you, what would you say Talk to, to Guillermo. <laughs> what, what, what. <laughs> That's a good piece of advice. Yeah. Talk to Guillermo. Um, <laughs> On that on that happy note, I'm sure Guillermo's ready to take everyone's calls. Uh, I, I would just like to say from all of our hearts, thank you so, so much. You have been so generous, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank,
0: you. Much. thank you. Thank you so much. Man. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank, you so 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 much. Joyful, thank you. Joyful, man. Thank you. And well, let me take you for
1: another couple of seconds.